I'm your host, Zoe Mizuna, and I'm coming to you live from the rooftops of Berlin. Today is the new moon in Aries. It's the first new moon of the astrological year. Congratulations, everybody. We've made it. It is an excellent time for starting new projects, planting new seeds, This new moon is also in the vicinity of Venus and Mercury, the planets of communication and love, bringing a special kind of appreciation for the beauty around us and kind of hypercharging our mental stimulation and planning for the future. Meanwhile, Mars is plowing through Gemini And the Saturn-Uranus square in Aquarius and Taurus, respectively, continues to thrive. Expect things to not necessarily chill out on the front of obscure economic motivators and tools and political polarities. And as we move into this new astrological year, into this new season for humanity with borders opening up and vaccines on the horizon, it's a good time to take stock at where your understanding of situation in your community is and how you are connecting what's going on in your personal life to the collective It's also maybe a good time to kind of look around and do a little bit of spring cleaning. (sighs) Sometimes in the wind and cold of winter, I felt like my face was burning with the icy, fiery wind of death, or as I like to call it, the Berlin death wind. I'm not totally sure how any other winter in the, into spring is like here, seeing as how this is my first full year in this place. But it certainly has been lonely and gray and, well, productive. The wind still howls on occasion, whipping through the streets and around the eastern block of misery. But it's been warm enough now to take part in my new favorite activity, Pooh Mania or doggy dog where my dog poo at. There's not really any rules to the game of poop, or rather the poop game, or how about the politics of poo? It's fairly simple. You just go out there with a bucket and a shovel and gloves, ideally, and you know, you just pick up the poo. (laughs) The issue, uh, but of course there's many issues with this. One of them is, of course, the rotting diaper, or as I like to call it, diaper island. I don't exactly know what went on here, but this diaper is the home of an entire village. 
a bacteria and bug beings, and it looks like some algal bloom is like also happening. It looks like an out al- one of those algal blooms that happens in a lake when the lake doesn't turn over of the year. And you know, who am I to come over here and just start destroying this person's whole community? Destroying this person's whole community just because it's unsightly or something. In some convoluted way, potentially, I'm part of the gentrification of the situation. Mmm. Gentrification. It's one of those firebomb words, you know, it just you just toss it into the center of the room and you just wait and see who runs and who like throws themselves on the bomb. Cause you know it's just it's fun and it tickles. Gentrification. Yep, I'm one of those people throwing themselves on the bomb. Now, of course, another layer to this entirely is rotting plastic. You know, it's been there a long time if it's the plastic just breaking down into smaller particulates, ending up, and just like that plastic is going to end up in like the belly of some squirrel or some bird, some bird friend that just, you know, hangs out with us during the day. My partner's like, I don't know why you're picking all that up. Like, we're going to be moving in a month. We're not going to be living here. I'm like, well, we inhabit this earth and that plastic is the responsibility of my species. (laughs) My species has left has created this plastic and left this plastic here. So whether or not it's my personal responsibility, I'm just like, animals produce waste. It's a natural thing. And you know, it's it's all good. If you have the means, if you if it's in the flow for you, frankly, it's also locked down and everything is still closed. So why not get out there and pick up a few cigarette butts? The squirrel friends, I'm sure, will thank us all. And now shifting to some other hot developments on the news front, I'm researching um, affidavits of support for citizenship and immigration services because it's been a service that I've been considering accessing as of late. I know, fun stuff, right? But sometimes you don't always get the government website when you're just like, what the heck is going on? How does it work? What's the language? Some of you might know that my partner and I are both uh, non-German nationals currently living in Germany, both on different visa passport type of uh, situation. So we're looking at the affidavit of support recently because we've been considering, you know, what it would look like to be aligned physically in the same space in the Pacific Standard Time Zone, which will, which would have something to do with uh, going through the visa process with the United States government eventually. And so we're looking at like what, what that would look like. And I've been thinking a lot about how, um, you know, the crisis at the the southern border uh, in the United States specifically, um, you know, what's going on there and what's kind of the the narrative around the Biden administration's, you know, 
changes of rules in response to the sweeping immigration reform that we're going to do within a hundred days or whatever. And, um, and I, I can tell he's really trying to do it. And, um, you know, that's just what happens when people get into office, you know, they just like, they're trying to please everybody and they really just can't please anybody. (laughs) And then there's thousands of unaccompanied children coming over the Southern border. So what's the guy to do? Uh, yeah. Joe's our president now. We're seeing his face everywhere. And we're have there's there's a lot going on in America. <clears throat> America is not necessarily uh all healed just because, you know, the Democrats took charge of things and Joe Biden was like, we will have unity. And if any of you argue about anything, you're immediately fired. <laughs> yeah, that was like uh his like public. Uh, it's like one of his first days um, in off in office as he was swearing in his cabinet. And I'm just thinking like, wow, maybe he thinks that he's like standing up for, you know, his daughters that don't have a voice or something. And he's like, if you, I just felt that, uh, that like protective dad, hetero dad, baby boomer dad <laughs> dynamic where like, you know, you mess with my daughter, you mess with me. Yeah, nothing problematic about that or anything. But in terms of what he actually said, I suppose, if you disrespect any of your colleagues, like you're out, you know, no discussion. But maybe we need to have a discussion about what exactly is just going on here. Joe. And In all honesty, it would be a challenge to not talk about survival magic without also talking about the reality of death, and more specifically, murder at the hands of the state. The George Floyd trials in the newspapers, in the magazines, on the news feeds. I mean, just think about it. There's really not much else to say about this guy, except brother's gotta go. You just can't do, you can't just murder people in broad daylight. Expect that you're not going to get your comeuppance. Okay, this is us having a broad scale conversation about boundaries and trust. And I'm a very mutable uh, individual in terms of my astrological makeup, if you will. And the part of me that's like, you know, there could be a situation where your colleagues are having a disagreement and, you know, maybe some facilitation, some mediation, some coming to common ground. I've worked a lot in crisis intervention and the first order of business is always to de-escalate the situation. Maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe those are some skills that we actually need to develop, uh, is, is actually finding some, finding some common footing, finding some common footing in the situation so that we're not just resorting to, you know, the most violent tactic at our disposal. So 
we're looking at the the affidavit of support on behalf of immigrants, which was proposed by Homeland Security uh, during the 2020 year. <clears throat> if you don't know, the Immigration and Nationality Act pertains to uh, an affidavit of support under Section 31213A. See, this is one of the the lack of accessibilities within the U.S. within the government is like people who are dyslexic, like me, <laughs> mild dyslexia. Some people have really intense dyslexia. I have mild dyslexia, especially around numbers um, and um, thing like acronyms, like things that are in like all caps, for example. So acronyms and numbers, which is basically all of government and law. <laughs> um, it's like I understand that somebody's brain works like this. Somebody can put can arrange information in such a way where you have like, you know, 200 and then within 200 you have who knows how many points. Apparently this is 13 of the 200 section in section A, subsection little a, sub sub section two. So if you were to write this out in a decimal instead of in parentheses, which is how they've written it, it would be 2.1.3.a.a.2. And it just seems a lot more ridiculous when you put dots in the middle of it. But that's really what each of those units represents is some new cat subcategory within a larger category. So we're here. And if you haven't tore all your hair up by now, the Department of Homeland Security is proposing to clarify how a sponsor demonstrates the means to maintain income uh, as is required under this uh long alphabet soup named nomenclature of a section within the INA, which do you remember what that is? <laughs> Pop quiz, Immigration and Nationality Act. I'm like, all right, government, DHS, why isn't your first order of business to just make this whole thing wholly less complicated? Let's just say for a minute that you're attempting to figure all this out. And English is maybe your third language. <laughs> and you're like, how does this relate to me? It's like, well, that's why you have an entire nonprofit industrial complex that exists in the United States that provides lots of jobs for people to come and decipher this shit. You know, for average Joes like us that are just trying to figure out, like, how can we keep our family together and not die? <laughs> Because uh, I mean, at the end of the day, that the code of the codification of experience is is part of that barrier that humanity has to just existing and surviving. So we're codifying existence and survival right now with this updated proposal. The act as it is right now, if you want to sponsor somebody in America, you have to make a certain amount of money per year, depending on if you're a single person household or a two-person household, et cetera, et cetera. So part of the backlog for the immigration kind of rush right now in America, and especially the refugee situation, has much to do with uh, this, this current proposal, among many other factors. Don't get me wrong. But basically, you know, what would alleviate some of this barrier is to lower those income guidelines in addition to making the whole process just a little bit more 
simple, streamlined, and accessible because there's a lot of barriers, such as access to technology, language accessibility, economic, and environmental barriers, just to name a few. But you know, you know, they've made decisions for how they've calculated these standards and for how they've ca- how they figured out what documentation one needs to prove all of these things. But maybe on a deeper level, it's just the presence of mistrust and the feeling that anyone coming into our community must be coming with ill intent um, because if we don't have these barriers in place, then then we're not going to be safe. And of course, the other side of this is if we don't navigate these barriers, then maybe we're going to be separated from our loved ones indefinitely. And there's really not a clear answer to any of this. So when we attempt to go and revise the documentation of our international relationships, it can be a pretty sticky and scary space as to, you know, why, you know, it can't happen or why there are so many barriers to making that happen. And so people are doing this with their, their free in their free time. You know what I mean? People are trying to figure this stuff out and, you know, on top of, you know, trying to maintain um, whatever job or work they have and other familial responsibilities. Now, there certainly are a lot of causes out there, a lot of organizations and groups that could use, you know, a helping hand. But, you know, I think for a lot of us, it's just been a, a year of like just surviving, <laughs> you know, just like surviving and bringing, um, you know, bringing yourself to just like live day to day with the emotional burden of existing. But it feels, I know it feels so heavy. Yeah. It has been really heavy for, for some people. It's true. And, you know, crisis breeds change. If you are looking to get involved and if you even are just thinking like, you know, what's, what is all, what does all this mean in the backdrop? You know, um, just start reading some of the literature. You know what I mean? There's a lot of organizations, you know, they're not lawyers, but they're, you know, they're public um, interest groups, they're grassroots organizations, they're groups of parents, you know, they're just, they're groups of artists, you know, they're, they're groups that you're, that you're creating, you know what I mean? And within these groups, we can begin to kind of like grow consciousness and expand our nuance and understanding and paths of possible actions and steps that we can take to kind of make things not be so painful for us all in the future, you know, understanding reality. Because at the end of the day, the people that are creating these laws are just people with names and addresses. And, you know, some of them might be sociopaths and you might not want to get in touch with them necessarily, but a lot of them are just people. And I think if one thing that, that 2020 has really allowed for, and you see this with, um, you know, rates of unemployment when people have less to do, um, they have time to sit around and think. <laughs> they have time to sit around and think. And when the conditions get, you know, 
bad enough, you know, when they're like, well, if we don't do anything, we're going to die. And if we do do something, we might still die, but there's a at least a chance that we might not die if we do something. So <clears throat> when you get to that point in the story, it's really, that's when you start talking about revolution, baby. Revolution. Yeah, I'm down to change some stuff. You want me to help you change some stuff? Hit me up. <laughs> so if you want to do something, um, get involved. I think like the first step is really just getting educated about this stuff because this is one of the many acts that exist that um, is lurking in the background to the current situation that is directly affecting our communities and the just global consciousness, the global state of mental health and family health and intercultural community. In addition, if you ever have to you know, get a lawyer for any reason, the lawyers are going to be reading this stuff. And not that you're going to be able to understand everything, but at least when they reference language in the documents, you'll be able to kind of understand how the whole thing is organized and, you know, what aspects of it they're referring to. And you'll be able to make more informed decision and be able to make a collaborative decision with the people um, that have a more refined understanding of what all these things mean. But I, I, at the higher level, on an organizational level, this just all should not be that complicated. I mean, I understand it like promotes an entire industry of, you know, nonprofit organizations that support refugees and asylum seekers and, you know, students coming um, to the US. You know, it's like there's a lot of indirect benefits of to the communities and to the economies that we exist in to having people, you know, be free, able to more freely move about the world. But we also have to consider, you know, the impact on on the environment. And I think if there's a way that this new, this relationship can form, because I think that's at the end of the day, what contracts and like law um, in particular, what they really implicate is this relationship between between people and between communities and be across cultures. And when you're using the resources of the land in one place, and then you go to another place and use the resources of that land, how does that, what is the impact on that land? So fun times. And I suppose it's a good time to just step back and consider that we've been thrust into this new fun everything is collapsing <laughs> what it, and what does it all mean and then on you know another layer in from that is you know how is this affecting our own decisions for how we want to move forward in our lives right now and what we want to be focusing our energy towards having just come out of this year of having to look straight into the eye of source and define our relationships in a more authentic and honest way. So that's the story, folks, for this new moon in Aries. I hope you will take some time to play in the petals and just in general, taking a full breath in whenever you can to just observe that you're alive, that you exist 
and that we're all in this together. by me, Zoe Mizuna. If you would like to support the creation of future episodes, you can follow me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash survival magic radio. Until next time, lovely wild and cosmic beings, this is Zoe Mizuna signing off.